Welcome to the front porch with Brian Beaudry. Okay, so first of all, uh, who are you and where are you from? I'm Amy Mulligan from AJM Heiko in Western Australia. Awesome. And what is the worst piece of advice you've ever been given, business or otherwise? This is the one question you told me you're going to ask that's been racking my brain because without sounding too cocky, I don't really listen to anybody's advice like because unless they've done what I want to do, I'm like, you don't really, I don't know, you don't really listen. But probably if I had to think of something, it was when Jack and I were going to start a business and everybody said to us, don't go into business with your partner. Like it'll ruin your relationship, your marriage, everything like that. And I think that's just a load of garbage. Like it really depends on the people in the relationship and in the business and how you work together. Like it's different for everybody. So that's if true. I had to pick something, that's it. <laughs> so what do you think it is about your and Jack's relationship that like makes it work so well for being in business together? Because we... I can leave him to his areas of the business and he'll leave me to my areas of the business. So there's things like repairs and the the maintenance of the trailers that I won't question what he does. And then there's things in that, like anything admin, he doesn't do anything of, he trusts me to make the right decisions with everything there. I think if you started both trying to run each other's parts of the business, you'll come into problems. For sure. Yeah, I would imagine uh, yeah. trust trust key to any relationship. Yeah. All right. So let's go into the regular questions. Uh, so when you were a kid, eight to 10 years old, let's say, uh, what were you thinking you were going to be when you grew up? And was it anywhere close to what you are today? Absolutely not. <laughs> I always wanted to be a nurse. And, and how I close did you get to that? What, what was the point where you're like, no, this, I was wrong. Never mind. We'll do something else. Well, when I left, high school I'm not sure what it's like for you guys but when you do year 12 and you do like your ATAR to get into uni you needed like I needed a set score and I think I was like five points off of being able to apply for like nursing and I remember at that point I was like is nursing really what I want to do do I really want to go to school for another five years through university and you know I was like mm, maybe it's not for me and then I did a diploma in beauty therapy and kind of used that, that time that I was studying that it was about 12 months to kind of work out what I wanted to do and find a new career path. What was the plan to go into beauty therapy or was it just like something to bide some time while you figured out what you just, really, really just wanted? Just find some time. <laughs> okay. I, I, I can respect that. I, I joined the military over here just so I could figure, like take a few years to figure out like what I did and didn't want to do. That. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. I heard you got sent to boarding school and I've only like seen things about boarding school and like TV shows and what whatnot. So when did why, why did you get sent to boarding school? Was it like you were in trouble or was it just for like better opportunities? <laughs> so I I thought when you put that question in that you like that's the what most people think, like you get sent off because you're a rebellious child or something. But where I grew up it was like an hour trip on a bus to school, like to high school in the morning and then an hour on the way back. So it's like two hours out of your day that you sort of lose on a bus ride. So it was either that or go to boarding school. And like, I loved boarding school. Like it was the best years. It was brilliant. Like you learned so much independence. And so, yeah, it was just purely 
better opportunity, better school, no bus rides, all of that sort of thing. And it's kind of neat to just be able to like hang out with all your friends and it's like no one's really going anywhere. We're all just out here hanging out. Yeah. And everybody's in the same situation in boarding school. Even the boarding school that I went to was like in a smaller country town. Everybody that was there was from like surrounding farm towns and stuff like that. So everybody's there for the same reason because there's no school, you know, where they actually live. So, and it's good. Like you make so many friends and you learn so much, like just even being able to live by yourself and provide for yourself. It's yeah. I think it was great. Well, now I wish I had gone to boarding school. It sounds really fun. <laughs> it's just like a sleepover every day of the week until you're fighting with somebody and then it becomes a little bit awkward. And <laughs> yeah, I was going to say it is hard to escape if you, uh, I guess you learn to manage your relationships as well. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So you, you and your husband, you're both entrepreneurs. Um, yeah. Why? I, I, heard, I was told that you were into cleaning. You had a cleaning business before this. Why cleaning? Yeah. Uh, my wife did that for a while, and I I personally could never do it, especially if someone was there while I was cleaning. It would just make me super mad to even do that. Uh, yeah. So how did you do that? I don't know why I got into cleaning. I honestly can't tell you why. I think it was just something that was a, a low-expense business to start. Like, you just needed your basics. And I got really busy really quickly. Um, like, I had lots of regular customers and yeah, that was one thing I couldn't stand was when you would be there cleaning for somebody and they'd just be sitting there watching you. I hated it. And um, even worse, when you'd clean somewhere and then the client would come in and make a mess right where you've cleaned. It used to get on my nerves, but it was good. It taught me a lot of stuff like just dealing with crappy customers, the hard to please customers. And I learned so many skills from a cleaning business. But yeah, I can't tell you why I yeah. Well, I mean, it, it does seem like a good business to get started. You, you, you mentioned you don't need a lot of that startup. You basically already know how to do it. You, yeah. You know. And you can sort of just learn as you go along with it, I guess. Like you don't need a big skill set to be able to clean a house. And then, I don't know, I found every customer that I had was different. Like some customers like their toilet paper folded a weird way and other people couldn't care less about that. <laughs> what is the weirdest way someone wanted their toilet paper folded? One lady said to me, and she was the only person, she she just wanted it folded in a triangle, like when you go to a hotel, because and she wanted her bins emptied and her like hand towels and bath towels folded and on the bench so that she felt like she was at a hotel every time. I could see that. Yeah, fair enough. <laughs> I mean, if, if, yeah, if you're going to have someone cleaning your house, you it should feel like you're at a vacation in your own home. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> And you married an entrepreneur as well. Uh, your husband started a car detailing business. Uh, did you all meet when you were both just like, and you both were just realized you were obsessed with cleaning or something? Or <laughs> was there like a cleaning convention going on? Or how did you all meet? No, I wish. Well, I lived four hours away from Jack when we met. We just met online. And I wasn't, he had his detailing business. And I was just, still doing my diploma at that point and then went into house cleaning and he helped me realize that you know you don't you can start a business and that sort of thing and we did try for a little while very early on in our relationship to join the two businesses together but it wasn't the right time and we didn't realize you know the boundaries that needed to be set when running a business together so we 
and it just kept them separate and it wasn't until I got rid of the cleaning that I joined his business and right time I think for that okay so it wasn't as easy as just like yeah we can just we can definitely get into business together and it's not a problem it's you did have to actually yeah. deal with some of the okay no this is my thing this is your thing yeah definitely <laughs> okay you mentioned in the case study you did with Kayla which uh no one else knows about that we're talking about but uh that you'd wanted to start a higher business for years before finally getting into it first of all how and why like who who thinks yes a higher business that's what we should do <laughs> i'm tired of doing what i'm doing weird i don't know we when you say detailing cleaning you're a service-based business so for every hour of your time you have to work like you know if you want to make x amount in a day you need to work for x amount of hours where with hire and or sales you can there's no limit on how much you can sell or how much you can hire and i guess the perk with hire is once you buy your initial asset you can hire that out as many times and make as much profit off of that machine as capable really before then you have to sell it get your money or get some of the money back from that machine and get a new one or you know upgrade so I guess what was the most appealing to starting a higher business and what grew it to us was we could go and put our money into a sales-based business and buy a bunch of stock. But once that stock's gone, you've got to obviously keep replenishing that stock where with hire, what appealed to us was we can buy something and hire it out. And while, yes, you keep needing to maintain your machine and have your costs, you don't have to buy one thing for every customer that comes in. Yeah, yeah, I get it. I mean, yeah, just having assets. Assets are a, a good way to just keep making money over over time. Yeah. I, I can see not wanting to do car detailing or cleaning many hours a yeah. day every week for the entirety of your life. Exactly. And like we were offered some really good opportunities with like our detailing business and stuff. Like we got into like hot washing mining equipment and stuff like that. But again, it's for every car that you want to take on you either have to employ somebody to do that which comes with a whole bunch of expenses in itself or you knock back the job sort of thing so where high is a completely different ball game like your only limit to what you can send out is what you have in your yard so. and even then you can uh sub rent or I, I don't know what they call it in Australia cross hire is, is yeah do you guys call it the same thing even though you could do that so you're not yeah. even limited by what you have exactly yeah, before we get into talking about AJM Hire, which we already have, but that's okay. We totally ignored the fact that you worked in a bar for six months. And I like hearing <laughs> bar stories. So can you tell me about the time that you had to really take control of like a crazy situation? Or if there were none of those, give me your favorite uh, blank walks into a bar joke. I got really lucky with my job because I worked more day than night. So I didn't deal with any crazy customers. Have you ever been to Australia? I have only been to Sydney. Oh, so. okay. See, so where I worked in Fremantle, the place was like, I think they were open from about 10am through the night and I worked, yeah, the morning through till about 5pm. So I didn't have to deal with any crazy people, but where we were, the worst thing was just that on that main street, our business front was, there was lots of like homeless people that would always just come in and we'd have to ask them to leave, which I personally didn't like. They're just coming in wanting some shelter or, you know, whatever they're after. So that was one thing that I hated there. Not a bad thing, but just 
something I didn't like doing. And as for a bar joke, I don't really know many, but I do like the old classic of the two guys walk into a bar. You think one of them would duck. I like that one. That's good. <laughs> See, I don't know many, but. Okay. Well, uh, it's good that you like the classics at least. And at least <laughs> I didn't know if I've never worked in a bar. Maybe there was like a, a day where they train you on people walk into nah. bar jokes. I guess not. <laughs> in Fremantle, it's a full of, like, it's a very backpackerish sort of suburb. So a lot of the people that I worked with and alongside like training and stuff like that, they were backpackers. So they'd only be there for like maybe three to six months and then you'd, you know, see somebody else. So in the time that I worked there, I reckon the the staff that I worked with changed about three times. That did seem really fun because I, I, I stayed at a hostel when I was in Sydney and there were a bunch of people that were there for like a year and they were just doing yeah. these little odd jobs. And I was like, oh, that does seem really fun. But you, I was you in the military and I would have gotten into Okay, so before you guys started AJM, you had your first experience in hire with Rapid Rentals, a car hire business, and it didn't go quite as well as AJM. So what happened there? Well, we have no mechanical experience. And when you're buying cars to rent to people and you have no mechanical experience, and then they call you and say, hey, I'm broken down or hey, this has happened. And you're like, what the hell? Like, what, what What? am I meant to do? I don't know what that means. <laughs> Luckily, so when we started that, we had a couple of vans and we had a couple of little small cars. Thankfully, the two small cars that broke down happened when Jack's sister hired them because they came over from over east. So it couldn't have happened to a better person in a way because they're not going to go and write us up a review and say how crappy of a high business we are but we did have some success with it like we had a few people take them they loved them um, and I still get one lady always messaging me now asking do you still have that little car for rent that I can come and grab and I'm like we shut down like years ago <laughs> but so you don't have it as like a side business now it's just like <laughs> one car just just, just for that car. lady <laughs> I'll, I'll give you my car for the week <laughs> but it was just no knowledge in mechanics, which yeah. I think is a big thing. Like you have to know what you're working on because if you had to contract out every single repair, you'd never make any money. Yeah. I mean, also there's only so many times you can call your insurance company and just like it, it burned up on the side of the road. That's that's just <laughs> what we do when everything breaks down. And when you hire a car over here, I'm not sure about over there, but they do them like for like $25 a day or something. So if a car goes out for like a week even at $25 a day, when you go to get a tow truck to go and pick that car up, it's like $100. There's all your money gone when you don't have any mechanical skills or you're not big enough to have an in-house mechanic. It's very hard to hard to have that sort of business, I think. Is that what you learned from the experience or is there other, Definitely. other lessons did you learn from rapid rentals? <laughs> a, a big one was if you can't fix do some stuff in-house you're never going to make any money like you've got to be able to if yes contract some stuff out and even now like with some of our machines we'll just straight away contract it out to the to the people that we brought it from um but if you can't do some in-house repairs like on our trailer for example just yesterday somebody caved in a back end of a guard and if we couldn't fix that in-house we would have had to take it off the road take it down to the repair place and it would have cost us probably four times the amount that it costs us to do it in-house 
and there goes your profit for that job. So, yeah, that's probably the biggest lesson we learned from starting Rapid. Cool. Well, at least you, at least you got some knowledge out of it. So Yeah. Okay, so you decided in late 2019, this time you're going to go do trailer and equipment hire. You have yeah. more knowledge about that. You've learned from the first mistake, and then COVID hits. What was it like being in Western Australia at that time? It was scary. <laughs> like everywhere, I think it was just this big unknown. Like you didn't know how long the lockdown was going to last, if they could even lock you down. And so for us, it was just this big, yeah, we were just worried, you know, how long are they going to keep us locked down for? Is there going to be any help to business owners and even just people employed that were getting laid off? So yeah, for us, it was scary. We just put a lot of our savings into starting AJM High, you know, that initial outlay of buying our trailers and equipment and then lockdown hits and you're like, oh crap, you know, we've just put all this money into a higher business. And as soon as cases started coming into Western Australia and it was like, oh, we are going to get locked down sort of thing and bookings vanished. Like everybody that had stuff booked in was done. Like it was all cancelled. Our calendar was empty and we were just, yeah, what are we going to do? <laughs> what did you do at that point? Are you planning for the future? Or are you just like, are you just going into survival mode? Or So at that point, luckily for us, our detailing business, we were doing hot washing for mining equipment and mining doesn't really stop. You know, it was going to take a lot for them to stop business. So we were lucky we still had that coming in. So we decided, I think for about a week, we sort of sat on what are we going to do? We sort of waited to see if bookings would pick back up in the hire. And it just sort of got to the point where we were like, we need to cut off a leg to save the body, which for us meant cutting off hire to save detailing and save our other business, um, which obviously at that point profited more money than something we've just started. So we decided to sell everything we'd brought for AJM Hire and we offered a massive sale on our detailing. Um, and I think we did that for about a month and that way the lockdown had lifted by that point. Everybody was sort of coming back out of their yeah. Um When we sold it, we sort of thought, well, at least we have, if we sell everything, we've got that safety net of everything that we've sold yeah. But then come, I'm losing track of the years, 2020. Yeah, they all kind of blended together. <laughs> yeah, around July. And we were like, I said to Jack, you know, we've got all this money just sitting here that we sold all of our stuff from. Like, why don't we, you know, reopen if that's what we want to do? Like last time we, we brought all the, con like got all the contracts made up and got a lawyer to do up some terms and conditions and stuff. Said, we've got everything we need. We just need to buy the equipment and find some software because I'm not doing it by pen and paper anymore. <laughs> and that's when we yeah, decided to start again. Awesome. So it, it was an easy decision to open it back up again. Yes and no, because we had all these opportunities with our detailing business, but we had a few guys working for us at detailing at the point when we decided to regrow and we'll reopen AJM. But it was, again, we just, in our mind, we were like, for every single job that we want to book in, we need to have somebody working for us to do it. And I think we had a, we were having problems 
getting more staff to help with the detailing business. And so we would just, if we don't, you know, we can sit here and sit stagnant in our business, just keep doing what we're doing, or we can grow and try and make something bigger and better and something that we can grow, which pushed us to use that money to reopen higher. Smart. Yeah, I like it. Yeah. Um, see, it's like, yeah, we've, we've plateaued here. We got a yeah. new spot. Okay. So what's the situation like now? Do you guys still run all of these businesses or? So we how? still detail. Yeah. Okay. Um, Are you still washing mining equipment? Hot washing? No. Okay. So we cut that out. We did it for about the first year that I like of hire, but then it was just too much. So we cut that out. Um, we detail four days a week now, and then we're obviously open higher six days a week. And it's been really good. We've grown a lot quicker than we ever thought we would with hire. And I'm not sure, I don't know whether it's like it all over Australia or if it's just Western Australia or what it's like, but there's a real big shortage of everything. When that, buying, that's like, worldwide. Sweet. <laughs> but like we ordered trailers, for example, and there'll be like a three month wait on them. When we got like our excavator, I think that was like a four month wait everything's just like the the biggest weight we've got is we ordered a boom lift and that's not going to be here till January. And we ordered that a couple of months ago. So I think that's like the biggest hazard I'm going to say on our business now is just having to wait to be able to get anything in. And obviously while we're waiting for this stuff, we've ordered it because there's a demand for it, but then we're still just knocking people back in the meantime, um, which isn't, any of the supplies faults it's you know they're trying their best as well yeah it's kind of interesting because it's like maybe there wouldn't be as much demand if other people could acquire theirs but <laughs> i also need mine <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> i know that you guys uh started off with I th well i think that you guys started off just renting trailers and and some smaller equipment and you, get, you said you've started going into a lot bigger equipment yeah are you continuing to grow in the future do you guys have big plans or is it just yeah. kind of see where your opportunities are? So at the moment, we've got 18 trailers in the yard. Sorry, I was sort of looking out the window to think, how many do we actually have out there? We've got a few scissor lifts, uh, excavators, tangers. I like their little mini loaders and stuff like that. And so we've got eight more trailers on order now. Um, there's a lot of demand for that around our area. A bobcat on order and the boom lift at the moment. So. I guess going forward from here, it's just to can try and buy what people want, where the demand is, I guess, have stuff here. So might not be out all the time, but at least it's here when people want it and kind of see where we go from there. Hopefully in a, you know, in a couple of years time, where have got more like more shops around and stuff like that, expand into different locations, see where it takes us, hopefully. Yeah. I feel like if. 2020 taught us anything it's that um maybe don't plan so heavily <laughs> don't count yeah. on things happening that you thought were gonna happen exactly and that's probably the scariest thing that came out of well not the scariest but the most i don't i don't even know the word for it now but it's it's almost a little bit of a burden now you're like oh i don't want to make plans for two years time because oh what if this happens or you know yeah well only time will tell for, for so many things. I think we'll have to keep making plans. Exactly. <laughs> Lauren, I think we should play a game of name that city. Oh, New York City. 
No, I'll, I'll give you a hint. It's the home of the Dallas Cowboys. Dallas! Okay, I can see why you'd shout that, but that's not correct. Yeah. Oh. Um, the Cowboys haven't played in Dallas since 1970. So here's your second hit. Okay. It's the home of the Texas, Texas. Rangers. Oh. Oh. <laughs> Damn it. That's a state. <laughs> okay. One final hint. It's the home of Point of Rentals 2022 International Conference. Oh, Arlington, Texas. Wow, you're right. This October 23rd through 26th, Arlington will host Point of Rentals International Conference, and all users can register now at conference.pointofrental.com. How did you know that? I know the important things, Brian. Indeed you do, Lauren. Indeed you do. And because you named that city, you've won a free trip to Arlington for yourself. Congratulations. Uh, but that's where I live. Are you telling me I can go home now? Okay, now we're going to talk about just some general, general types of things. Um, what is a trait that you believe that all great leaders have in common? God, you're pulling the tricky ones on me. I said be easy. <laughs> okay, let's say all good leaders. Like, they don't have to be, like, great leaders. But, like, you know, on that smaller level, you guys, have, you've run a couple businesses now. You've seen, you know, you've worked with a lot of people. Yeah. I don't know whether it's, it comes under a trait, but I think all good leaders, bosses, managers, you know, whoever you're working under, I like it when a leader has done what they're asking the people underneath them to do. So like, they don't expect you to do something that they wouldn't do themselves. If did, Have I worded that correctly? Do you get what I'm saying? Yeah, that's, like, that, I was gonna say that exact phrasing like after after you started there. Was like, yeah, yeah like, you know, when somebody, and yeah, we're big on it. We will never ask anybody to do something that, you know, we haven't done, whether it be fix a trailer or, go and tell somebody they've damaged something and they owe, you know, they need to pay a bill or something like that. You just don't expect people to do something you wouldn't do. And I think that, and we see it locally a lot, like you'll see a lot of like businesses down here, um, a family ran and you still see like the people that started at mum and dad, they're every day working just as hard as the rest of their staff. Like, and I think that when you see their businesses grow and how good they're doing and you think, you know, I think they're doing well and they're respected because they are there still putting in the hard work and the hours every day. Does that make sense? <laughs> yeah, definitely. I think that's something that I've seen uh, in a lot of interviews with a lot of people in the industry is like, there's some people where they've sold their business, they're retired, but they're still like, it's a family business and they're still like coming to the office a couple times a week, eight, they're like yeah. 90 years old. It's like, man, you, you really love being around this. <laughs> They still care and they still want to put that. Yeah, I think that just makes a really good leader. Again, you you and your husband, both entrepreneurs. So in your opinion, is entrepreneurship something you can teach or is it primarily something that you either have it or you don't have it? You've got to have it or don't have it, I think. Like somebody can't teach you to be a hard worker. Like, well, they can, I guess. But I think it <laughs> I think I'm contradicting myself now. I feel like you either have to, anybody can do it if you put your mind to it and if you're not afraid of hard work. But I feel like you could have a parent, say, who's done really well, owned a really good, you know, successful business. But unless you really want it and you've got that drive for it, you're never going to be there. My mum now, for example, she, she has a business now, but she only brought it a couple of years ago. But I was brought up to be a hard worker you work for what you want so I feel like yes you can teach it I guess but no you can't either because 
I don't know. I think I've confused myself and probably confused you now. <laughs> That's a hard one. It's okay to say it's like a combination of both. You have to have yeah. some level of self-motivation, but... Yeah, to some point you can, but it's different to being motivated at a job where you've got a boss there telling you what to do and if you want to make your paycheck, you know, and keep your job around, you've got to do your job and be good at it. But when you're self-employed and you are the the company essentially or however you want to look at it, you know, your livelihood relies on that business being good and turning over money and everything like that. So it's like it's just a different level, I feel, of drive and, yeah, I've confused myself a little bit more now. But no, no, I, you get, I get what it. I'm saying. I mean, yeah, yeah. I do not yeah. have that that level. I'm like way too concerned that uh, people won't like me. So I'm like, no, nah, I can't, I can't have a business because then it's like if I am not successful at doing the business, then I'll feel like it's a, I'll take it personally. It's like, ah, let's just we'll stick with that regular job. I can I can do that. But it, and and it is like that. I get what you're saying, but I don't know. I like I talk to people. A lot of our friends are you know just have your you know your standard job and there's nothing wrong with that like I'm like yeah if you're happy you're doing good in your job good on like as long as you're working and making a living whatever you do is whatever you you know whatever you choose to do like that's good but yeah I just I don't know I don't know you just needed a little something extra yourself though yeah um so the parts of it that are teachable do you have any recommendations on how to teach it because I have a couple of kids that are hard workers but could be more enterprising and really this podcast is just a scheme so that I can get some advice for kids and have them uh, hear it from someone besides me. Okay, so what do you, wait. Do you have any suggestions on how to develop um, some of that entrepreneurship? Do you like have any podcasts or books that have been helpful? Do you have any um, suggestions on things that I could be having them do that might help uh, develop that? I don't because I've never read a single book about it or listened to a podcast. Like, just start your own business and learn it's it's just one of them things if you really running your own business will it's the most challenging thing but it's by far the most rewarding thing you have goals that you never thought that you would even dream of before or you might think you know life's going to be around like here and then you'll end up going here and it's it's you might think you're just going to be renting a couple of trailers and then boom you have this whole equipment you're growing yeah. an empire over in Western Australia and who knows exactly. where it can go from there. Exactly. And it's just, it, I don't know. A, we, we can just go with, you know, maybe just actually start a business and come up with some ideas. And you might, and don't, you might okay fail. People. Like, you yeah. know, we fail. Well, we didn't fail, but we closed a couple and, you know, that's fine. You you learn from your mistakes and, you you know, you might do it for five years and still decide, no, business isn't for me. But unless you try it, and give it a good go you don't know like I said it's one of the most rewarding things you'll do but it's also not for everybody and plenty of people know that like if you lots of people start a business and will shut down within a year six months two years they'll just decide it's not for them but unless you give it a go there's no harm in failure yeah as long as you learn something it's not a lesson exactly That's one of the things that I like about like school now is they do a lot more of that like positive, like it's okay to fail and yeah. it's just the first step in learning or whatever. I need some clarification and you seem like the person I should go to for it. Uh, in the US, we use rental exclusively when we're talking about loaning stuff out for money. In the UK, they almost exclusively use hire. Australia uses both. 
but is there any rhyme or reason to it? You had a car business with rental in the name and your current business has hired. So I think that you are my, my expert here. I don't know. I think rental went more with, uh, when I look at rental, I'm like house, car, truck, but then hire is like more equipment, trailers, you know, something little. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> okay, you, uh, you just spoke on behalf of all of Australia from as far as I'm concerned. And I like, I like that, uh, that split, it makes sense. I was I, I, just thinking like, maybe you, you had the rapid name and you're just like, all right, well, RR goes together a little cooler than yeah. RH. So we're just going to use rental for this one. I don't know why we use both. Do you <laughs> like, do you say a rental trailer if you were to hire a trailer over there? Yeah. Everything's just, everything's rental. rental. There's hire is ex like only for like hiring people to do jobs. Uh, Australia's just weird. Well, I, I just like that you're like the combination of the, the UK and America on this thing. So it's, it's pretty, you're like <laughs> a halfway point between us. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> now that we spent all that time, all this time talking, we'll get to the important questions. All of this was uh, just the warm up. Five important questions. Five important, Five questions. important questions. Five important questions. Okay. So what would you say is your greatest success in life? I know you told me only easy questions. So what was that? <laughs> the business, our, you know, the way that Jack and I can work together and grow our business. And there's a, there's a pooch down there that's um, asleep. He's a good success. <laughs> yeah, it, it does sound really, really awesome that you can work with your spouse and yeah. have a good, have a good relationship, both in business and in away from business. Yeah. Okay. If you could go back in time and give yourself one piece of advice when you started your career, what would it be? Take the risk. I like it. Very simple. I think for, for so long, you doubt yourself of, you know, can we make it work? Don't be upset that you had to shut it down. Cause I was pretty upset when we just started and then you have to close it. Like, don't be upset by that because when you come back, you'll come back bigger and stronger than you were before and it all happens for a reason yeah. that's good I'm, I'm glad that you took that away from that instead of being like instead of holding on to being oh seriously come on yeah <laughs> okay now what is the most embarrassing moment in your career so it's you probably i don't know if anybody else will find this embarrassing but one day so we've got out the front of our shop all of our trailers are along the verge there's some out on the main road and then there's some like behind our gate and when somebody comes in for a trailer, you've got to get the forklift and go and grab the trailer off the verge and then bring it into the yard so that they can reverse on up to it. Anyway, I was pulling out a car trailer from next to a large, like, enclosed trailer. And the customer was across the other side of the road next to their car just watching. There were two of them. And all, for some reason, the road just got really busy and there were, like, six cars banked up on either side of me. So I get flustered and I grab the car trailer, hook it on, no worries. And as I'm pulling it out, I just take out the side of one of our trailers. Now you're probably like, oh, that's not that embarrassing. But when I tell you all these people were looking at me, there was trailers banged up everywhere. I was humiliated. Oh, I was going to say, you don't, you don't have to tell me. There's a reason that this is a one-to-one -one, uh, medium <laughs> podcast. And then I don't share video because yeah, I, I just want it to be audio and not be seen by anyone while we're, while we're doing things. <laughs> so I definitely understand that. <laughs> Okay, unfortunately, 
um, we have uh, capital punishment here. And uh, now having this trailer incident is a capital offense. So we also have a tradition of a last meal. So you get to have choose like whatever meal you want as your as your last meal before you're executed. So what what is your last meal? What's what's the meal you would have if you knew it was your last? A chicken palmy. <laughs> that is it from a particular place. It seems like you have a place in mind or or someone's <laughs> particular chicken palmy in mind. Yeah, my kitchen. <laughs> okay. <laughs> you're you're gonna do it yourself all the way till the end. I'll cook it myself and I'll eat it myself. <laughs> Any dessert for you? Any drinks or or no? You just or I'd have a sticky date pudding for dessert. Again, made by me. <laughs> <laughs> um, and no, I don't really drink, so well, I just I, have a water with it. <laughs> I was I was thinking, what beverage are you going to make yourself? This is <laughs> <laughs> nothing exciting, just the water. <laughs> okay. Um. If you could change one thing about yourself, what would it be? To not take people's opinions so personally. And I think it's any advice I'd give to anybody. You can give it to your kids if you like. But when somebody comes in here and they're annoyed that they have to pay for some damage or, you know, they'll abuse you for something that they've done, like we've had it many times, you know, somebody will damage something, they don't want to pay for it, so they'll abuse you over it. And I always, and I'm still learning, you always take that to heart. You always think that they're personally directing that annoyed, you know, that annoyance and hatred towards you personally. And it's not their, it's just them in their frustration. Like don't ever take what people say personally because it doesn't reflect on you. It reflects on them. That's a good one. I was going to say, I think I've gotten to the point in, in my life where my initial thought of is, man, you just don't want to pay money. Put me in a cheese. Yeah. <laughs> Pretty much any way to get out of it. Uh, if you could change one thing about the rental or hire industry, what would it be? I've got a good one for this. It's not something in the industry, but you know, when you rent a house, is it, it might be like this over there, but in Australia, you've got like a blacklist pretty much. And so if a tenant's bad, so they trash the house, you can put them on the blacklist and then that'll come up when they apply for any rental properties. I wish we had something like that in the, like for, the higher industry so like if say joe blogs came here and damaged a trailer and refused to pay for it i could put his name on this website or this list and then if joe blogs went down to the road to another hire company when they search in his name they could see the alerts on him as well and then it could be at their discretion whether or not they actually want to hire to him so then you know, if somebody came in here, I'd search their name and it could say, oh, they stole a trailer from XYZ. And I could go, no, definitely not. Or it could be like a minor thing where they're like, oh, they broke the tow coupling and didn't pay for it. And I could be like, oh, well, I'll take the risk and I'll let them take it. You know, like just something like that. So we can all sort of see who we're yeah. hiring to. Yeah, I think I've definitely seen like some some local versions of that i think but i think it's much more of an informal like just letting the people around you know about some recent experiences you've had i don't know if there's a, an yeah. official organized version of that but well we'll uh we'll share this with the the leaders of hra and i'll, I'll ask my ara people over here in america if that's a thing yeah i just I like think it'd be handy to have like 
you know, just so like here we take your driver's license and a visa or MasterCard so that we can bill you if we need to. But I think it'll just be handy to get a lowdown on some of your customers. Even like we've had people that like, you know, disappear for like a day or two and you can't get hold of them and they've got like your trailer. It'd just be nice to be able to know, or they have a history of this or, you know, now nah, they're sweet. They've got a clear history. Don't worry too much. They'll be back with, you know, in their own time. But it'd just be handy, I think. Yeah, I was going to say, I know you can definitely do that, like, within your own software with, obviously, people you've dealt with before, but, yeah. Yeah. Stuff that only other people have dealt with, yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, what is your spirit spice? What is that? <laughs> <laughs> A long time ago, we did this interview, and I don't know why someone came up with their spirit spice, but it's, are you familiar with the spirit animal? Okay, well, over here, I guess, <laughs> I guess this doesn't translate <laughs> to Australia at all. Jeez. All right, so... There's just this idea that uh, an animal or a spice just has your spirit. Like sometimes people will be like, my spirit animal is like a lone wolf. I like to be off by myself and, and doing my own thing. Oh. And, or someone's spirit spice will be like, mm, I'm sugar because I'm so sweet. And like, it's not, that's not really a spice, but we'll, we'll count it. So do, <laughs> do you have a spirit spice? No, but I'm going to think of one for myself. I'm going to say, I'd be like, a bag of mixed herbs. <laughs> okay, I, I'm excited to hear the reasoning for this. Okay, you can, I, I can flow with anything, right? Because you can add mixed herbs to whatever you want, right? So I can yeah. flow with anything. I've got lots of different tastes. So I can get into lots of different aspects of anything. They're the only reasons that I've got, but they sounded like a good one. Hey, those are more reasons than most people have for their uh, spirit <laughs> there, there are a couple so of good ones. Very good job. Okay, what is the most difficult part of your job at Aging Hire today? Like today's job that I've got to conquer or in general? <laughs> Literally today, just like in general, uh, as, as you are. <laughs> the most difficult thing that I find is chasing people up for money. So that's obviously I do the, the admin side of our business, like we said earlier. So when people owe us money, I personally, I don't know why it's something that I struggle with, but I just hate asking people to pay their bill or pay their money. I don't know why. I shouldn't have to because it's actually my money, but I just struggle with it and I don't like doing it. So that's my most difficult part of my job. Understandable. I also do not, I, I, I generally, well, I don't have a business, so I don't have to worry about that. But it's like, on a, on a personal level, it's like, look, I'm going to loan you money. I hope I get it back, but I'm not loaning more than I can just say, ah, that's fine. Yeah, but it's, and you talk to anybody about it and it's like, why is it so weird to ask people to pay their money back or like to pay you? It's like, it's, you know, it's yours. You're entitled to it. Why are you like scared to ask somebody for it? So we've already talked about the most difficult part. Now, what's the most rewarding part of your job? I love it when people leave me like a five-star review or they come in and they rave about the product that they've gotten and the customer service. Like, I love that. It's the best. Like when you actually see that all your hard work is paid off, like you've pleased somebody and you've made somebody's day a lot easier, that's the best feeling. You're out there making an impact. Thank you again for joining me today, Amy. And I appreciate you taking the time to have a chat. No worries. <laughs>